Hello and welcome to Orange is the New Cast, a podcast devoted to Netflix's series Orange is the New Black. This is the podcast for Season 2, Episode 5, Low Self-Esteem City. I'm your host, Aaron, and joining me tonight is... Cecily. I would say this is your first time podcasting, but that's a lie. It is a lie, because we do the super popular True Blood podcast together. It is. It's it's the flagship podcast on the I listen every week. (laughs) (laughs) We actually planned this first, but it worked out with the schedule that True Blood started coming out first. So you've already cut your teeth... And peel them and do whatever you do on teeth to get have, them ready. I've sharpened them down to fine little points. You're you're ready for a stint in federal prison. <laughs> Another uh, one, at least. Cecily, you are my uh, paramour. Uh, Wait, what do I have to be your paramour? Why can't you be my paramour? I, I think it works either way in either I direction. I think you should say, I am Cecily's paramour. Okay, that works. I will introduce myself the next time okay. as your paramour. Because I think you got two more coming? Two more podcasts? Just one. Just one? Maybe the wrap-up. Oh, we can get on a wrap-up and tag-team it. I was startled to see the director of this episode, Andrew McCarthy. I'm like, where? Is the very same from St. Almost Fire. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, where have I heard about this guy? And I looked at his Wikipedia page, and he's St. Almost Fire. He is the star of Mannequin. Oh, right, with Kim... Uh... It's not Kim Kim Cattrall. Kim Cattrall, exactly. Mm. Yeah, the rollicking tale of a boy who falls in love with a magic <laughs> store man- mannequin. Yeah. Uh, Have you actually Weekend seen at Bernie's? He is one of the douchebags uh, escorting a corpse throughout Weekend at Bernie's. And Pretty in Pink. I don't know who he is in Pretty in Pink. He's Andrew McCarthy. He's the boyfriend, I think. Probably. I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, I'm not I'm not really up on my 80s teen comedies. I, I, I 13 Candles, Pretty in Pink, The Breakfast Club, they all kind of like blend together. together. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure which one has Molly Ringwald, which one doesn't. But he's in that. Uh did a fine job. This is his first directorial debut. Really? Uh, according to the IMDb pages. Why is he directing this? I don't know. Did they just have a grab bag of celebrities who weren't doing anything well, he did, for the last year? And they were like, Jodie Foster and yeah. Andrew <laughs> no, It looked like they, he was super involved. He did a lot of like story editing and oh. some other stuff. And then he got to do a directorial debut. It seemed like he did a fine job. Oh, yeah. Also written by Nick Jones who, as far as I can tell, this is the first thing he's ever done. And again, he was doing a lot of other story editing stuff roles as well. But this is kind of his first and only credit. But hey, good job, Nick Jones. Fine job. Well done. Again, this is episode five of season two, Low Self-Esteem City. Do you have any preamble you'd like to talk about other than pimping the True Blood Authority? No, that's it. All right. Uh, We have a total shit, shit show. Literally, in Spanish Harlem, as the girls are taking a shower, and suddenly, fountains of shit come out from the floorboards. It's disgusting. Like, the thing is, is this bathroom was the worst type of trucker, truck stop to shower. Begin with, yeah, it was I mean, terrible. the grout was just disgusting. You could see black mold, and mm-hmm. you wouldn't want to set barefoot on any of this tile. It's really mm-hmm. gross. Makes uh, you want to make... Uh, flip flops out, t- out of pads. It, it it would it would make <laughs> you do that. Uh, except for that, would just soak it up and put it against your feet all the time. Yeah, yeah, that's feel like wrapping your feet in toilet paper. It's not really a good idea. No, uh, I just think I <laughs> I gagged myself. What did you think about uh, Flocka titty twisting that girl out of the shower? That was brutal. Oh, it was so painful, and she really did it too. That was like a real hands and a real booby. I don't know. It could have been some prosthetic. Why? It's just a titty twister. It's not that bad. <laughs> okay. Um, there's there's stunt boobs for that, right? Stunt boobs. <laughs> uh, so the uh, Latinas decide to storm 
the uh, you know because this is all segregated mm -hmm. the uh, African American shower the black girls shower yeah and uh, they said hey we want in here and they're like bullshit and they're like hey you want breakfast if you do then deal with it uh, black Cindy takes a swing at Flocka not a swing a push mm -hmm. Flocka flops <laughs> like. The finest soccer player slash NBA player. Like the one. Who was that NBA player from the Pacers that I like? Reggie so Miller is who you're talking about, I know. No. The one that I like so much this year. Oh, this year? Yeah, he had oh. this really dramatic fall on the court. I don't know because, again, flopping's kind of a... Uh, right, but he was... You don't know You're asking me about? which is the worst flopper on the Pacers? No, I, I'm telling the one, the player who's It's probably really, Lance Stevenson. Yes, Lance Stevenson. Okay. He had this really spectacular, spectacular flop. Uh, that was made into a viral gif, and it was just so funny. And that's right, what it reminded me of. Yeah. No, I was. It's funny because I was, you know, he's the one that acted most a fool this year. So yeah. I just kind of like plucked his name. And yeah, it was, of course, it was Lance. Uh, so what was really funny is when the guards came over to hear it, it's Black mm -hmm. Cindy's like, I didn't punch her, I just shoved, and then she like pantomime shoving her, and Flocka did even she a did, worse yeah. flop. <laughs> so good. Oh. Oh. And I, I love how her and Maritza move as one unit. Like, Maritza was ready to catch her, and she just looked so, yeah. so offended. And Well, I never. <laughs> it's like one of those Michelangelo paintings where she was just cradling she was. the baby Jesus. And, <laughs> oh, you know. and she played her fainting couch. Yeah. And Black Cindy made a mistake of calling the fellow Black, uh, what do you call that, screw? CO. CO, correctional officer, yes. prison guard. Uh, called her sister, and that was a bad blood. See, this was the kind of reaction I was expecting from uh, Kenya in True Blood. Mm. Call back to that. If you listen to the True Blood podcast, you'll know that the other, you know, sure. uh, tried to sister her. But that's a, that's a citizen. It wasn't a prison guard or arrestee or anything like that. Right. I'm just saying that's... It does seem like a... It seems like a bad way to go to try to appeal oh, yeah. to your shared cultural heritage when you're in trouble with yeah i mean you don't basically a stranger i guess as a ceo you don't ever want to try to identify with these people as people yeah because it makes it harder to treat them as cattle <laughs> <laughs> i guess so i guess so um the crazy old gangster from the we have a flashback to gloria this mm -hmm. brings on a gloria flashback and the crazy old gangster from the bridge uh, who just looks like his face is leathery and he's all kind of vaguely menacing, even though he's kind of too old to start shit. You can just tell. And like his right eye is turning black he got a He got a mean streak to him. Yeah, he does. Like you just don't want to fuck with him. He uh, is seeing Gloria about some kind of Santeria type shit that mm -hmm. we know she's a little dabbling into. Do you know the but relationship between her and this older woman? No. Is that her big sister, her grandma? Well, I her didn't aunt? find out until the end of the episode that is her Tia, which is her aunt, yeah. aunt. Aunt. It's like Uncle Tio from <laughs> from Breaking Bad. If Uncle That's Uncle. how it helps you know. Uh, uh Aunt Tia. <laughs> so it seems like Gloria it seems like Gloria is not really into the Santeria shit at all. She's just running the register and letting Lourdes do her thing in the back. Well, but she must have been somewhat into it, although maybe she practices like a I don't know, a uh, pig version yeah. of Santeria, where she's just, you know, it's like, because uh, she said in this episode, it's not so much the words and the it's it's the faith it's and the, all yeah. that. Um, but I she clearly that. does the stuff. She's I always mean, brewing shit up for Yeah, but some of the shit Daya she comes and... up with. Like, do you remember when she made the abortion potion for Daya, but she was like, you're stupid, I just made up some shit? Right. And it's kind of what she does. I think that's... But again, it's the faith that really is the motivating force. Mm, mm. Well, she I also, do you know what is a, a real life superpower? 
the ability to transmit plastic cards from the government into cold hard cash. I don't understand the food stamp scam. Well, because it so, seems like I don't know, you're losing money. Yes, but you're buying shit that you actually want. Like Are instead you? of buying bags of Wonder Bread, bread and hot dogs, you can buy cigarettes and booze by saying, "Take this hundred dollar card and give me fifty dollars cash, and I can buy whatever the hell I want with cash." Right, but what about the person getting the food stamp card? Well. It seemed like she was also turning that into cold hard cash. Well, I don't so, so she had a that du- point. So she had a double. I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I've never had. Uh, I worked for a C store chain for a long time mm-hmm. uh, at the corporate office, and I'm aware of some like money based scams. I'm not aware of this stuff, but here's how I think it goes down. She gets paid first of off by the customer. He's giving her something that's worth a hundred dollars, and she's paying fifty dollars, <gasps> and then she rings up product and charges the government and then transmits that hundred dollars into cold hard cash herself so now she's made 150 and she's not actually selling the product so, so she's, she's keeping... recouping the cost of the product as well it's oh. a tidy tidy little scam and it is you could that see was that was a large wad of cash several enough. thousand dollars at yeah. least oh yeah in that uh, little uh, freaky spanish santeria bank she had going i think it was just a box <laughs> no, but it had like the Catholic Mary with a heart shining and all that oh, stuff. Oh yeah, it, I think or a devil. I get, <laughs> I get them confused. <laughs> I get Mary and the devil confused. They're so they're 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 just like twins. Peas in a pod. Uh, she's got a boyfriend, Arturo, who seemed like such a nice guy till the oh my God, second he, was... he slaps the shit out of her, and he they set us up to fall hard. No, like my shock, and we we both like. <gasps> On the couch, and she was and like, and then just <gasps> watching her, yeah, watching her just made the shock double. Like you felt the slap, and then you watched someone get a slap, and it was oh, so uncomfortable. I have been surprised slapped by somebody. Oh, me too. And it is just totally like you're just like, what did this actually fucking happen? You've got like the sting of the nerves in your face, but then just like the mental confusion. Yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 terrible, and she really got clocked. Uh, and it's 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 scary shit, man. And this guy seems like he went from. Maybe best boyfriend ever and so good at the kids and to, oh, God, this guy is dangerous and scary. Let this be a lesson. Walk away. Walk away? He will. It's not just ever the one time. <laughs> but he's so, he's sorry. No. But he's got problems. He's working on them. And it's not as easy as just going to jail and then him locking himself in a room and burning to death. <laughs> <laughs> that's the easy way. That's, that's the that's easy way That's out. what we call the easy way out. <laughs> No, it's 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 terrible. No, but seriously, if you're in a relationship like that, you should seek the help of a friend or a loved one or the police. Or women's shelters. They got women's shelters. set up nationwide. Uh, no questions asked. Just show up with your kids and uh, they will uh, And they'll take give care you a you. safe place. Uh, shall we talk? Speaking of a not safe place, can we talk about Nikki and Big Boo uh, and their big game hunt? <laughs> yes. They're d- discussing the rules and the terms of this contest you... with Chang. She's going to be the scorekeeper. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get a good look at that list? Did you see? They had like little crudely drawn pictures. Of the the name picture of Piper the... with three is the one that my eyes locked onto. I didn't think to pause it. No, neither did others. I. Um, but it, it was just cute. Did you? Who do you think drew that? Was it Chang? Did Chang make the rules and score the points? If you want me to invent some headcanon, I thought that they the cartoons looked awful Daya-ish. You know, the way she's got her like kind of anime style. Of, so I, I kind of yeah. think that maybe they uh, traded of, her a couple brownies for uh, some crude sketches of the... Uh, part of me thinks that Daya would just do it because she enjoys doing things like that. Not this. Not pregnant Daya. No, no, no. Wait, what? Yeah, pregnant Daya don't give, isn't going to be fucking around with this shit. She's, she's worried about she's taking her shit. She's all kinds shit. of stuff. Yeah, for she Bennett. Drew, well, she drew that saint that was on that little girl's birthday cake. 
Oh, uh, that's yeah. right. She did. She do that. Yeah. Okay. And then, well, we haven't seen that yet. So. <laughs> Don't want to spoil this episode for people. Uh, Spoiler let's... alert: Daya draws more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's kind of a funny aside here where they're all, you know, excluding Pinsatucky. They said we're playing a game as old as time, and you think it's going to be uh, called uh, sport fucking, and she's like, "No, it's exclusion." But Pinsatucky doesn't like, What's know, that? Yeah, it doesn't know what exclusion is. That was Pinsatucky and Arlene mixed together, like a swirl <laughs> ice cream cone. Nice. Uh, v opines at a separate table. Where oh, she's... no, wait. Go back. Okay. Um, <laughs> rebound. This kind of confirms your theory that they are showing a more uh, masculine traits and uh, sort of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, no, I think it's stereotypically masculine. Stereotypically masculine, sort of. We have two good email takes on this. Yeah. But at this scene, Big Boo says, uh, I, I would love to have my dick in her mouth. And that kind of confirmed it for me personally. Sure. At least that character's motivation. Okay. I don't know. Why do you got to call it a dick? Maybe she's got like one of those three inch long clitorises. <sighs> but it's still just she's a clitoris. She's somewhere on the trans spectrum. You should be proud of having a three inch clitoris and not having a dick. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Hey, man, you can't define people's bodies. <laughs> oh, my God. I've been body shaming. <laughs> You're body shaming? <laughs> body shaming her. How dare you body shame this diesel dyke? I'm just, the... <laughs> I'm just the worst. I don't think she's got much shame in her game, which is probably why she's successful to the extent that she is with the ladies. She could probably drop the misogyny right. and just go with her confident Lady big self. boo yeah. self and get all the pussy she wants or needs. Exactly. She doesn't have to go there. She yeah. doesn't have to talk that way. <laughs> she doesn't. She could have said, I just want to stick my, or I can't wait to stick my cunts in her mouth. And it would have been just as powerful as what she said. Maybe even if more not so. more. Maybe I'm a little taken aback that you just heard me say that. You can say dick <laughs> on Saturday Night Live. They would bleep cunt. So I would argue yeah. it's more powerful. But anyway, let's move on to the, she's saying we need to band together against these Spanish girls, teach them manners. And Suzanne's like, oh yeah, little fork on the outer left, which I thought was adorable. <laughs> it was cute. Uh, Red organizes the Golden Girls hey, into the labor gang. Before you move on, all right. Um, the for the cafeteria scenes and like, well, most of the cafeteria scenes in general, bunkery. Uh-huh. Do they have to have the cast like the entire cast on set at all times? You know, I, when you have a close up of Piper, you still got to see like Red and the Spanish girls working in the line. That's an interesting question. I wonder how whether they have like the first day when they're doing cafeteria scenes, like everybody come in and we'll get establishing shots, so just yeah. panning across and everybody's eating, and then they can probably break it down into like half a day of the uh, black girls' table, half a day of the Latinos fucking around in the kitchen, half yeah. a day of you know Yoga Jones and the other assorted white girls, the Golden well, that makes Girls. Makes sense. I hadn't thought about it that way. So, no, I don't think it'd be... Although, maybe, I don't know. Maybe the crew just kind of hangs out. just saying, it's got to be kind of an... Well, (laughs) yeah, it's got to kind of be an expensive cast, don't you think? When you have to have so many of them and so many shots. They're all there all the time. They're all... I mean, the biggest star is probably Kate Mulgrew. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, who else is the big... Who's the Well, I mean, it was uh, Laura Prepon. Oh, is she bigger than Kate? I mean, she's she's, uh, Captain Janeway. Well... Let's move on. Uh, Red organizes the Golden Girls into Labor Gang. Healy comes in and asks if he should take his Russian bride wife to a high school play. If that's a good idea for a date. The fact that he's asking that question is horrifying. And I love Red's response. Well, I'm not familiar with the actors at that <laughs> particular, particular high school. <laughs> um, he's, I guess, had this relationship where she would give him Russian woman advice. 
and he would exchange for favors and goods in the prison. And, Brownies and ramens, for example. And uh, Red said uh, that is not really our relationship anymore, although she did give her like, a free tip. Take her out to dinner, skip the high school play. <laughs> Romantic Indian. I was super excited because I thought that the Golden Girls plot was they're going to turn this into a pot barn. And I thought that was going to be really cool and full of hijinks. And I told you how terrible of an idea that was the whole time. However. Still terrible. But Red is really playing this nicely. She's like, yeah, I'm to Caputo and to Healy. She's saying, oh, I'm I'm so old. I don't want to do this anymore. Her and V have got the same thing going on. Mm-hmm. I'm getting too old for this shit. I just want to be alone in this house with the secret hole in the floor they're having a too old for this shit off yeah uh moving on to cal one of your our our favorite characters Mm -hmm. and piper's mom Mm -hmm. our least favorite character um this there's so many awesome things about this scene it's the first time they've seen piper since she's been back from chicago her mom was most worried that she would no longer be pretty anymore i thought that was perfect uh they this openly discuss this problem they're not supposed to talk to piper about because they don't want to upset her which is a farce, and Cal turns it into this guessing game, and it's like like it's like tragedy charades. And as we were watching, I'm like, oh my god, this is you and your brother to a T. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I've seen you guys do these really freak show type performances about super serious topics, <laughs> and at the end, it's like, oh, you know, be commiserate about it. I don't know how you do it, but it's entertaining to watch. We all have our ways to cope with things. <sighs> uh, Piper's grandma's dying, y'all. Oh, do you like the cut of Neri in the uh, waiting room? <laughs> they wouldn't let her in because for a background check. Yeah, and she's opining about how oppressive the brutal industrial architecture is, and that's a punishment to herself. <laughs> to and, a child. <laughs> to a child and a horrified, angry parent. <laughs> Did you notice her giant scar on her arm? Yes. Did you know it's fake? Is it? Confirmed. How do you know? I looked it up. So what are they trying to suggest? This? I have no idea that she's just a erratic person, I guess. I don't... She's the kind of person who... Would break her arm in that way well because a friend of mine got a compound fracture of his lower arm uh he went to go a white boy trying to slam dunk on the playground white boys can't jump (laughs) it it went bad and he went horizontal landed full force popped the bone out popped it right out of his skin were you there did you watch it happen uh no i was actually because he was my neighbor and i was actually at home uh chilling when uh uh I, i i heard his mom and dad start screaming about something and ambulance came and all this stuff. Come. But anyway, getting off point. Well, his point. scar looked identical to that because yeah. they had to like basically bisect his arm yeah. and then put plates in there and then uh-huh. remove the plates. And uh-huh. he had a wicked scar running the length of his forearm for the rest of his life. And it looked a lot like that. Mm-hmm. So maybe she is one of those radical chicks dunking on playgrounds and getting her bones all snapped. I don't know. Her scar, it caught my attention because it was so shiny. Yes. And usually scars like that are a little bit, well, they're it just depends. Everybody's. Everybody's skin scars differently. I think that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I, I've, I'm a pretty faint scar. <laughs> I have millions of scars. Every time I tap my toe on a wall, I get a scar. <laughs> <laughs> and it's you bruise awful. like a peach. I do. Also. Um, what else we got? Oh, uh, Caputo tells Gloria she's important but replaceable. This is basically him going in and saying he's going trying to do something about the prison, but also shaming her for taking control of the uh, black girl's bathroom without permission i guess mm-hmm. uh, trying to be a fair and impartial judge again caputo kind of being a hard ass but we later see that this the working jerking guy's got a heart of gold uh and fingers of platinum as he plays his bass uh we go back to another flashback <laughs> to to gloria and she's super beat up this octura time. this time split her lip and blacked her eye 
and she's at the park with her Tia. He shows up to apologize, and uh, Gloria tries to be strong, but seems like he takes her back at the end, and her aunt starts praying for her, and it's enough. You can just know that this this three-act tragedy is not going to end well. It's actually a fourth-act four act mm-hmm. play. Mm-hmm. Uh, back to Big Boo, debating the merits of um, cruising down low self-esteem city. It's plenty of nickel slots. Plenty there. of nickel slots and low self-esteem city. She's going to be playing at the private. She's table apparently she's got her sights set on the uh officer god i can never think of her fucking name fisher officer fisher she wants to she's going ham on fisher she wants to bed up officer fisher she starts a little bit of flirting with her uh and uh big boo says she's out of her depth and she says my depth has no depth i'm the (laughs) sexual steve jobs i don't know how to does that mean you're always rolling out a better quicker lighter version of yourself i don't really know what that means you've got a higher mex- megapixel camera installed on your front now you're just really proficient at something i don't, I don't know i don't know but anyway it was uh, topical <laughs> speaking uh, another depressing scene healy's at home with his russian bride she's got one of her russian apparently they live in this russian bride enclave where there's just <laughs> russian brides and their moms storming around all the time uh, he wants to take her out to dinner, and she says, fuck that, I want to talk to my friend. And they have this, it's just ugly. He gets loud and shouty and explosive. And she won't even talk to him or look at him. She won't speak in English. And when he finally tries to meet her halfway in Russian and says, you know, my friends are your friends, your friends are my friends. Uh, choking down to, like, I'll take your friend out to eat, too. Just please spend time with me. I'm pathetic. Uh, she says, you don't have any friends, Sam. Total burn. And I would feel sorry for Healy, except for he's been such a shitbag of late that I'm reserving my sympathy. I'm not going to give him my sympathy. No, I don't. No. How dare they try to make us feel sympathetic towards Healy? Right. So awful. I just had this elaborate fantasy where he divorced her and he's like, well, I don't need that shit. Uh, you know, yeah, can't I don't... kick her out. And then the thought occurred to me that he couldn't find anyone else. But that's It's either thing... have a woman who hates you in your house or no woman near you at all. I'll take door number two, please. Really? What the, f- the? Yes. My God, I'd rather be alone with myself than someone that is I like I agree that. with you, but we're different kinds of people. I think that some people are just desperate for human connection. That's terrible. It is terrible for them. But he should divorce her and then work on being a better person that people want to. I mean, he's got he's got wonderful hair. The man's got really nice, thick, silver hair. And he could brush up on his, you know stop with the dogs and mm-hmm. and stop with the getting drunk and saying F-bombs and everything. And, you know, maybe well, you can develop they... a few hobbies and meet some friends and become a well-rounded person. That's how... Well, you can see by the end of the episode that he's working on that, that Caputo's words resonated within him. Really? Because remind me to say, because I didn't... Yeah, we'll I, get to it I all. guess I haven't... I didn't think of it that way. Did you ever watch Weeds? No. I've seen a few episodes here and there. Okay. When Jim and I were roommates, he marathoned the whole damn thing in, like, the space of three weeks. So I... I got a couple hours here and there when I had nothing better to do, but it's, no. it's fun. It's got fun cameos like Alanis Morissette. No way. Yeah. Um, but Healy, his character plays this drunk cop who's like a real shit. What a stretch for this guy. Yeah. Like a real shit bag. And, uh, Pablo Schreiber, he's in the show too. He's so hot. I'm way off topic, but I think that's just, his, uh, this actor's range is just asshole. Mm. So don't you dare try to make me sympathetic towards him. All right. You're on notice, Gingy. Don't you fucking dare. <laughs> Don't you do it. Don't do it. 
We're back to the prison where the Latinas are discussing the fact that uh, <laughs> I love these uh, what girls. is her name? It's Ramo. Ramos Ramos is saying it's like they get special privileges and we're the black people talking <laughs> about the black girls. Uh, Gloria comes in. Her bed is full of boots and they're all knotted together. This is courtesy of V's gang mm-hmm. as they come by and say booyah better get to work bitches yeah and it's going to be a pain in the ass to get all those knots undone and, and report <laughs> to inspection and do all that forever. thing yeah i would just cut them i just cut them and just you know flop around no laces start a new prison fashion those trend. laces are expensive are they yeah spec you gotta have them there's they're they're, 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 the, they're the special ones that won't bear a body weight if you try to hang yourself with them so yeah, yeah it's, it's it's what is it super expensive to make shitty shoelaces i believe so okay uh, moving on, Red is nice to Piper about her babushka. We see this is a general trend of their their thawing of their relationship. Uh, in fact, Piper's saying, I'm trying to be like you, Red. I'm trying to suffer in silence and be strong. And Red says, well, I like the silent part. Uh, even when she's being conciliatory, she still can be a dick to Piper, and that's mm-hmm. why I love her. Mm-hmm. Uh, she quotes a Clive Owen movie. The bat. Croupier? Was it hold tightly, let go lightly? Hang I don't on even... tightly, let go lightly. I don't know what the hell that means. I think it means appreciate something the most that you can when you have it, but when it's time for that thing to be over, just let it go and move on. Red says, fuck Clive fuck Owen. Him. Hold on until they make, don't ever let go. Forever. I don't think that's super healthy, but we'll see. Uh, Caputo's getting the pipes looked at in the women's shower. Turns out it's going to be 80 grand worth of repairs, or they can do shorter showers, which Fig comes in in the middle. She's missed like multiple days of work on fundraising campaigns. Mm-hmm. And she says, we can't afford any of that shit, so let's do shorter showers. Uh, she's terrible, and Caputo seems like he's genuinely put out that they're living in this kind of filthy condition. So all the money she's embezzling is being dumped right into Mr. Fig's campaign? That's what, what it I'm... seems like. That's what it seems like. So they have no money at all. No, I, I feel like this prison, and that's the thing, this this season, this prison is just running down into the ground. It seems like, okay, I am not a professional embezzler, but I'm going to speculate on it. <laughs> it seems like the smart thing to do would be to skim a little off the top and leave money there. You don't drain your prison dry and expect people to be just turn a blind eye to it. And well, it seems like they've drained it dry. Like Big Boo says... <laughs> That smells like desperation to me. <laughs> it it might uh, give us a hint to the state of their campaign. Also, it seems like it would throw off journalists and people who are asking questions if you dump a bunch of money into your prison and you're like, "This is where it went." Yeah, I mean, I don't know. you know, when it did seems... you see his his commercial later on? It's pretty shitty commercial. Yeah, I feel like this this campaign's on death's door. Do you? I don't. I mean, I, I just got the opinion because you're right. If I mean, I'm sure it started like just a little bit off the top and then a little bit more. And then as they need, you know, they they start losing. And like politics is like the more you lose, the more you lose because the backers start pulling out and they don't want to throw good money after bad. But you want to put up a good front so you continue to buy Mercedes and Louis Vuittons. Yeah, that's the thing. It's hard to reconcile. The fact that it's not just political graft. I mean, she's just lining her own pockets as well. But she's got to keep up appearances. So there's that. Uh, Piper sees Healy about her grandmother wants to be granted furlough, which apparently is like the Loch Ness monster. A lot of talk about it, but it's rarely seen, if ever. Uh, and she, instead of just see, taking this as a defeat, she does her Piper thing where she tries to throw something in their face 
because that always works. She's like, oh, yeah, well, you almost let me get beat to death. And he's like, yeah, bitch, I was never there. <laughs> and I got corroborating witnesses to testify to that fact. Boom. To say it through their brand new teeth. That you knocked out of their head. So shut up about that, too. <laughs> so, uh, man, it's a toss-up between who I kind of am more irritated and annoyed by, Healy or Piper. Probably Healy. He's the, they he's... should just lock themselves in that room and take it out. Or talk it out, rather. <laughs> and then um, we can just go on watching the lives of the rest of the prisoners. That's <laughs> they true. They just stay in there. For several episodes. Several episodes. And, they and, got a lot to work through. A, a, a long, long talk. Maybe some fisticuffs. I I, I think Piper would be scrapping that fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I had to choose, though, I mean, Healy's obviously the worst person. I mean, Piper's worst crime is she's annoying and kind of out of touch, where Healy's actively malicious. Right. So uh, we'll see if he can redeem himself. Uh, I love the uh, Nikki's flirting with Fisher, but it's in the context of Fisher overhearing the prisoners' discussions. And there's this one woman who's like, you know, he's quitting because of the black crow. He's not even his weight class. And he has a weakness, a weakness. <laughs> and we understand that she's talking about her son who's a wrestler yeah. and some kind of match that somebody's trying to welching out she's of. super into it. I love that. At the, at the end where she's got this maniacal look in her face. He's like, if he brings his own chair, he can win and return glory to her family. So I've got this headcanon where she's from this big family of luchadors right yeah and they've been luchadoring for hundreds of years and the reason she's crying all the time is because she's not wearing a mask <laughs> yeah they, they won't let her in prison they're no. denying her that proud family tradition uh <laughs> we go back to the to, to the prison commissary or the kitchen rather hey you didn't even talk about nichols and fisher oh yeah they were flirting <laughs> yeah they were flirting and then she really came on to fisher hard and she was like <laughs> Yeah, she mentions that she'd been working Fisher for three days. All we saw is, please turn on the television for me, and hey, let's find a non-camera spot and fuck. Mm-hmm. Not that much more refined than Big Boo's approach, honestly. Yeah, her game is weak. Yeah, well, weak you know, sauce. Captive, you know it's, it's like, like shooting fish in a barrel in prison. <laughs> when you're hunting on a captive uh, reservation, there's not much uh, impet- in it. there's not much pushing you to up your skills in your game, I guess. Mm. Uh, moving on to the cafeteria, the, uh, Tasty and Pousset and that crew are complaining about the fact that the Latinas have salted the ever-loving shit out of their food, so it's inedible, and Pousset is, <laughs> she says, man, you know they're fucking with us this way because of our people's predisposition to hypertension, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. Yes. Janae's pissed because she's trying to stay out of the fray, and she's getting lumped in because of prison racism. She comes after Diane trips her, and Bennett wigs the fuck out. Puts her in a submission hold, takes a month of commissary from her, threatens her with shoe. What do you think? And the rest of the prison took notice. Yeah, that was very intense. Uh, it was really sweet at the same time. But what do you think the point of uh, Yoga Jones jumping it and trying to uh, intervene was? It just happened so fast. But it's Yoga been a Jones, lo- it's been so there. long since we've seen Yoga Jones. I think it's They're just, just like, throwing her in places. Yeah, and she she's kind of like that character. Yeah, I'm okay with it. I like seeing her. No, totally. I mean, we definitely... uh, I feel like Sophia and Yoga Jones were the real losers this season, but they also got their backstories last season. They got so much last year. This this episode's about Gloria, damn it. Let's just make it about her. Speaking of, another flashback. This time, Arturo has hit one of the boys... That's the one, his one claim to fame is he had never laid hands on the boys and they loved him. The boys are looking pretty ashen. Glory's looking beat up. 
Uh, she wants to run to the store with her Tia and uh, escape to Florida with the cash that she skimmed off of this uh, food stamps game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arturo comes up. Things are getting scary and violent, and the cops show up, and you think, oh, thank Christ, they're here to save her. Uh, you know, Tia's called the police or whatever. No, they're here to bust her about the food stamps. Were you... Uh... Not that it's really important, but it's a nice touch. Were you watching outside of the the doors in the front through the, out the scene? Yes. Because I noticed that the second time, like when the scene begins, you can see the police car pull up mm-hmm. and then they get out of the car and they're talking to someone. You know, every time it flashes back to where you can see out of mm. it. It was nice. It built up that way. Also, the nice foreshadowing of Arturo tripping over that box with lit candles. Dear eyes. Yeah. Uh, well, the surprising thing is that Gloria, uh, well, not surprising, the old kind of scary bridge gangster mm-hmm. he dropped a dime on her about her scam that she was running as revenge for the fact that the candles that he was burning to get himself a job mm-hmm. was not working they also did the classic misdirection here where you thought for sure well i don't know what you thought but i thought throughout as we're watching the episode that uh she was going to go to jail for killing, killing Ar- Arturo. Arturo. Right. Yeah. yeah and then they did the uh the flippy flop what was her name? Morello. They did the Morello on us. They're yeah, like, they... oh, there's a different reason. <laughs> um, still sad. And what was really, because it turns out that the the uh, gangster dude f- didn't fill out an application for the job. Oh, he didn't? Yeah. That's what the, the funny thing was, that he actually, the, oh, that was one asshole. of the things that went in. That, that's Separated like he... mother from her children. Yeah. So he's not the brightest uh, bulb in the box. But it kind of worked out. But it kind of worked out because right. Mar- or not Marilla, Gloria's kids got to be in a safe place because the mom but my, obviously wasn't strong enough to leave. My God, to see to get one of you got beat, uh, in because you got in the way of your mom getting beat. So I'm seeing maybe the oldest boy tried to protect his mom somehow or get in between. That's already terrible, and then you got to see your mom getting carted off to jail. Yeah, that was hard to watch. Those poor kids. Ah, uh, I it, it it was rough, and it's a lot of stuff with subtext. You kind of have to see, look around the the borders of the scenes to see this human carnage is happening, but it's terrible. And it kind of seemed like she was, I don't know, like it kind of seemed throughout the episode like she didn't really care about her kids that much. Really? Yeah, I mean, I didn't get that at all. It just wasn't the focus of the story, but right, but. That was the one one of the reasons she cited staying with him. You know, at the playground. The playground that was... you know, he's so good at the boys and they love him and they seem like they did. I don't uh, know. it's it's terrible. Speaking of terrible, Caputo's got a shitty bar band and he's dressed up like the edge from U two. He's playing the bass. Did you know that side boob is a real band? No, I did not. Yeah. What you are you saying that Caputo is in the guy that plays Caputo is in a band called Cyboob? Or at least they got together long enough to make a CD because that's what happened. Wow. Yeah. I kind of want to pirate it. Do it. We'll have to check out some of the seedier sides of the internet tonight. Healy <laughs> uh, apparently just stumbles in and discovers them. I thought maybe the first time I watched that this was something that I missed uh, that they was kind of set up because he's trying to find new friends. But no, it just seems to be a random encounter. Uh, so that's that scene. Uh, Janae, back in prison, is dropping science about uh, racially imbalanced prison rates and stopping frisk policies. Uh, Gloria comes in, grabs V, and says, you and me in the bathroom now. Back to the bar. Healy's super drunk. He's dropping F-bombs. Uh, they see the commercial about Mr. Fig running for state senate. And Healy calls... Uh, they do Mr. 
Go ahead. Haley calls Fig a, uh, or he says, behind every strong man is a strong cunt-faced witch monster, <laughs> which is such a great insult. Yeah, because her look is, we've, I think we've talked about this on other pod, another podcast. I think maybe it's me and Kelly. It's like, she's just unfortunate. Yeah, it is. She's She's got a hatchet face. She does. And But she's also just a real bitch. So yeah. it's like, not even feel bad about saying she's got a hatchet face. <sighs> anyway, uh, they see this commercial where he's doing the rich white guy thing of rolling up his sleeves and wearing hard hats and driving forklifts and hammering single nails and thinking he's a, a blue collar dude. Uh, and they come to this conclusion, Caputo saying, you know, just once I'd like to report to someone who gives a shit about these women that we're supposed to be protecting. Mm-hmm. That's the least we should do. Keep these women safe and clean. And I'm like, and this is the part, straight. this is the part where Healy so- starts to sort of make his turn. Hey, he uh, he reveals, well, I'll explain. He reveals that This scene reveals that Caputo does care about his job, despite the fact that he masturbates over his desk. Maybe that's part of the guilt. (laughs) Maybe, I don't know, maybe that's the reason why he loves his job so much. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And then he's, you know, he's talking and he's so passionate about how much he cares. And the least we can do is keep these girls safe and clean. And Healy hears him and he's like, it's the least we can do. It's sort of... uh, his tone's got a little bit of mock to it at first, where he's mm. like, it's the least we can do. And then he hears him and he says, you know, that's the very least we're doing as guards, is keeping them safe and clean. Like, that's and what Caputo- you do for animals at a goddamn exactly. you know, pet sitting res- facility. And Healy, because of the Piper and uh, Pensatucky incident, he couldn't do the least amount and that was keep them safe. In fact, he directly did the opposite. Which is why he's, All right, I see he turned saying. his mind around and decided to give her a furlough to mm. to heal himself and that's him trying to make himself a better person he's still doing it the way a shitbag would i was gonna say you but know, i see what they're doing here yeah i'm gonna push for your furlough but i just want you to know i'm responsible for you piper and mm-hmm. it's like this creepy paternalistic i don't know gross relationship that's i'm kind of worried that's going to resume here uh but before we get to that scene gloria threatens the shit out of v just throws her against the wall and V rolls over and pisses on herself, basically. Uh, watching Completely v, submits. Watching her play this scene just made me sick to my stomach. I was like, oh my god, right. stop it. How are you going for this? And it seems like that this is a bad... She's saying, "I we will take your shitty bathroom and give you our functional one. All I ask is you let Suzanne clean your bathrooms and you switch Tasty uh, and Janae to janitorial so we can move two more of your girls to, to cooking. And she... She pitches it like those two girls want to be together, which I don't know if that's true or false, and that uh, Suzanne likes to clean, which is true enough. But she's basically fucking over her girls to win Gloria as an ally, I guess. Yeah, she is. And we know it's Machiavellian because V goes from being this cringing dog to this smirking monster as Gloria walks out. Right. Clearly one of the stated goals is to split the Tasty and Pusey alliance because they spend all that chummy time at the library and she that's part of the plan i have no idea how this bathroom and the other work gang of things how that's going to consolidate red saw through it so i feel like maybe i'm just dumb but Mm -hmm. i'm not sure how all of this coming together is going to uh help v maybe red's just saying if, if she asked for it then she's going to fuck you over she doesn't know exactly all the moving parts of her plot exactly uh anyway moving on we talked about the healy scene uh we talked about uh we haven't talked about boo is winning five to zero she is uh blanking out nicole 
or Nichols. Because Icarus could not fuck the sun. No, she f- flew too close to the sun before he could fuck it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so Morello has an idea that, that spread the rumor that she's got, is it uh, herpes? herpes? Yeah. And she's like, no, nah, it's got to be worse than herpes. It's got to be that super gonorrhea has been going around. <laughs> Marilla was so cute in this scene. She's like, people forget that I'm Trixie. Yeah, no, and she's <laughs> it was got super the cute. yeah, she's got the dust off her shoulders yeah. and smack nickels on the ass. Uh-huh. Uh, Fisher goes to Caputo and wonders if anyone uh, wants to know about the surveillance of the the prison. And he's like, if anyone asks, all these cameras work because they totally don't. <laughs> and if anyone asks, we listen to all the phone calls. But yeah, no. And she says, you know, well, I can, I'd, I, maybe we should do a better job. He's like, well, half the conversations are in Spanish anyway. And she says, uh, yo, yo mm-hmm. hablo espanol me, me muy ab- bien. Bueno. Muy, muy bueno. Bien, be, bueno. Muy bueno. Sir. And he's got the ragingest heart on. Oh, sure. Because he's still got a thing for her. And she's like super sincere and serious about it. It's very cute. Don't you think when you become a CEO that you would list on your resume that you speak muy bueno espanol. You think Caputo's going to read people's resumes for that well, kind of shit? seeing as how it seems like she's the only person in the prison who can do it, and there's a very large population of Spanish women. Right. You'd think that you'd remember. Maybe. I just feel like Caputo, I mean, we're not, I'm not going to let them retcon him into thinking that he's like this really responsible, caring prison administrator. He's better than Fig and Healy. Okay. That's not a huge bar to jump. So I'm not going to leap, make the leap to he's, you know, looking at spreadsheets of you know, employee again, skills that's, and No, that's a good that. point. That's a good point. I'm lumping Caputo in the whole category of the rest of the prison doesn't know, but that's not true. They probably all do know and remember. He's she the probably, last to know. Right. Yeah. He probably speaks Spanish or she probably speaks Spanish to prisoners in front of him on a daily basis, but he doesn't notice. So we talked about he- Healy pushing through this uh, furlough thing for Piper because he's responsible for her. But he says, you got to talk to Larry about a place to stay because I need the address. And she says, I'll call him. So she calls Larry. Why Larry? Uh, because he assumes that they're still together. What? Healy still assumes that they're that they're fiance because he calls him your fiance. But why does she have to go to Larry? She, because that's what Healy's going to put on her paperwork. And why couldn't she have done something different? I think it's because she doesn't want her. It's like. She's got this magic spell on Healy, and she doesn't want to break it. Why doesn't she just say she's going to stay with her brother? She could say that, but I'm just saying that this is what she did in this situation. I can't read her fucking crazy mind. I'm just, okay. I can make up more excuses. I'm just I saying it, I hate the fact that she's just doing this thing to Larry again. Well, I didn't call you because we broke up, remember, while I'm calling you because we're broke up. Because I need you again. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Even though I wanted to be the person that needs no one or no one needs me for they talk about a bunch of white people nonsense like wasted freedom and bag nuts, which is a combination donut bagel. Sounds disgusting. It's like cronuts gone wrong. It's 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 what happens when cronuts, you know, science is played What's God. What's a cronut? It's a, uh, oh shit, you would ask me, a croissant and a donut. Ew. And people were losing their shit like about it. Like it's not them. bad enough? I think there's three episodes of the Because Show devoted to cronuts. Ladies. And where to find them and, and how to eat them best. I, I'm, I'm just guessing. But they seem to be pining for each other, and I wanted to vomit. Why didn't you call sooner? Larry's off playing house with Polly. And, and he hasn't even thought about her. I know he hasn't. Right. 
And Piper is all no, I don't think that's true because he's all in the, her dad. You know, when he fits in with his dad, he was all. No, about, I mean like when he's with Polly and they're playing house. He doesn't think one thought about Piper. They he's, do not seem to talk a lot about Piper. No. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, or, but they seem to be fine as disgusting. We can move on because we're not interested in that plot line. Uh, v tries to sell the girls on the new bathroom scheme, and some of them are on board, like her old reliables, like. Uh, Tasty and Suzanne, a lot of them are more skeptical, but she's trying to sell the positives. Hey, we got this whole bathroom for ourselves, and trust me, girls, is going to work out for us. We'll see how this goes. Uh, mm-hmm. Ramos, his kid has turned one in prison, and she can't see him because he lives in Massachusetts, and they're in upstate New York. Is and it that's... a daughter? Is it a daughter? I thought it was a daughter. You might be right. I just wrote kid. I don't know why I said son. Did you hear uh, Gloria say that her two kids... Had moved to Florida. Yep. So they did and, escape from Arturo. And she said that the older girls were in New York. She's got four kids. Oh. All right. Uh, but it's also they're talking about in relation to the one woman who's married to the mute. Mm-hmm. Uh, who had the funny line this episode about the uh, <sighs> yes. the, the porch fell mm. off the corner building. It was like, yes, boom. Um, I love them. That she gets to see her, her child regularly, uh, which she had in prison last year because mm-hmm. they live so close. Uh also, uh, Gloria is lighting a candle and doing some Santeria, uh, good wishes, positive energy for Ramos' kid. Uh, then Red storms in and says, V played you like a fiddle. Uh, you're going to regret this. And then she blows out the candle because she says, you can't leave it burning. That shit's, shit's dangerous. dangerous. Then we see the epilogue, which is Arturo comes and steals Gloria's money box, which Tia, Tia, don't leave a box of $10,000 in a store. What if it Take was that shit? I don't it, care. I don't care. Say it. What if it was just that night? Like I don't care. Like she took the boys home. Oh, you know what? She took. I'm pretty sure that they live in the upstairs of that building. So I think she took the boys upstairs to calm them down and left the money down there. Didn't it was think nighttime. About it. it was daytime and left the night. I just feel yeah, like it was the same night. I believe. Also, the here's the only thing that might make it right, and I just thought of this now. Maybe Tia left that as bait. That's and then she spell. put this Santeria hex on the locks and everything. That's a fuck ton of money to hex. I feel like she would make that. <laughs> Maybe she take make most of it out first. <laughs> <laughs> hex you up some fake money. <laughs> use that for bait. Uh, but anyway, this guy steals it. and not uh, how I got you? With fake Santeria money? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, your spell was a lot more basic. <laughs> Are you calling me a basic bitch? Uh, oh, God. Oh, my God. No, no. We need to keep moving. We don't want to dwell too much on this. Uh, but he does, as you said, he foreshadowed. He knocked over the candles that were lit. And, and he then... burned to death in front of the old gods and the new. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the whole thing about the locked doors that he was going on, it ended up uh, biting him in the ass. He couldn't get out. And he just went from door to door going, ah, until he burnt to death. I feel like I could have splintered that fucking door if it was meant getting burnt to death. Exactly. I think I would have. I also don't hit women and children. So Yeah, I would have died trying to escape. But there, there I again, definitely wouldn't have just sat there and gone, ah. You're, yeah. a real, you're a real woman. I'm a real man. We don't hit women and children and people weaker than us. So maybe he just never had taken on an appropriate challenge like that. Fire. <laughs> He no, no, a, a weak-ass door. A weak-ass door. Oh, okay. Uh, we need to get the feedback, but first, do you have anything else to say? And then I'll do some pimping. pimping. That's all. I I'll thought, do some big booing. I thought <laughs> all around it was a really strong episode. I thought it was just super appropriate that 
uh, it was an episode all about Gloria. You know, and that's the thing. I was when I saw it was going to be about Gloria. I'm like, ah, you know, Gloria is not my favorite. She's never been like a standout, right? But I got like super wrapped in, mm-hmm. you know, and it was very interesting. And it was also the parallel her rise and fall in the prison system with her rise and fall outside. So yeah, I, I guess I gotta I gotta say, enjoyed the episode. Yeah, have a lot more respect for her as a character, I guess. Yep. And the show does a really good job balancing these heavy issues, I heavy res- subjects with the humor, too. Yeah. I think I, what I mean to say is I respect for her character more now that she's in prison uh-huh. because uh, you can tell she's a lot stronger, smarter person now hmm. than she was before. I felt like she was smarter scrapper. She just fell into the man trap. What? I saw, I felt like she's a smart, strong person on the outside. She's running this hustle. She's providing food for her family. She just fell into the man trap. The man trap. Which was Arturo. She couldn't leave him. Arturo. She, he broke her down. <sighs> I think he built her up. Mm. I don't, no one will ever do that again. What do you mean? Well, I mean how strong she was when she had to take on V and all that stuff. Uh, you could see that she wasn't prepared for a real battle in the very first scene uh. where the, the messed up face guy came in and she's like, well, let me get Lourdes. Mm-hmm. And then she goes instead of fighting with him. Like yeah, that's she, true. Like you, the combative kind of person you see her now. The person who would grab I, V up by her shirt and exactly. put her against the And wall. I realize that being in prison is very different, but I'm just saying. You can see that she's grown, this character, throughout All this right. one episode. If you would like to support what we're doing here at Bald Move, you can do that in a variety of ways. You can go to subbable.com, S-U-B-B-A-B-L-E.com, slash bald move. And it's really cool. It's a voluntary subscription site where you can pledge to give us a couple bucks here and there or you can do a monthly recurring uh gift to us and it's not just a gift because you get stuff in return you can bank that stuff up and save up for interesting and valuable and rewarding to own bald move merchandise <laughs> and Moichin memorabilia dice. and some custom recording opportunities we can do custom greetings we can do podcast dedications uh we can do phone calls to you where you can talk to us about anything you want uh, you can do custom podcasts. We just did a custom podcast on the first two episodes of the Americans, which I thought was a hoot. Uh, check that out at subbable.com slash bald move. If you shop on Amazon, please use the amazon.baldmove.com link. It's so easy. You type that in before you go to Amazon. It takes you right to Amazon, except for now your cart is preloaded with love. Because <laughs> everything you buy on that session will get a teeny tiny cut on Amazon's profit. Not yours. There's no hidden charges. doesn't cost you anything. It's free to you and so does so much to support us. Mm-hmm. And you can also you can also buy food stamps cards off people <laughs> and save up all the money and send us a little wooden box with uh, either the devil or Mary on it. We're not picky. We'll send go it, either one. Just send it here. The, it, the, the, the devil's money spins as well as uh, St. <laughs> Maria. Uh, Santa Maria. Uh, we also uh, would appreciate, since we're getting this new show off the ground, a rating review on iTunes. If you're an iTunes user... Take 30 seconds to pop over there, click a couple stars. You don't even have to put words, but if you want to put words, that's click cool too. Click all of the stars and put all of the words. All the stars, all the words. You heard it here first. And last but not least, tell a friend, tell a family member. Uh, it helps a lot and uh, helps grow our network. And we appreciate all the listens and all the support that you guys do each and every week, each and every month. My heart is expanded three times its normal <laughs> size. It's I actually the doctors talked to me about it. I might have to start medication my heart's overflowing with so much love. Oh. Giving us on a regular basis. It's really moving. That's sweet. And I'm very bad at talking about my emotions and feelings. Let's kill Aaron with love. 
<laughs> it's probably easier murder than you him. Think. Murder him. <laughs> Uh, moving on to feedback, shall we? We shall. If you'd like to give us feedback, you can send it in to orange at ballmove.com. Uh, a couple hits from last week's episode. Rachel A. said, in this latest episode, you polled the Picasso ladies about whether or not they'd use the shiwi pissing aid mentioned in episode four. You mentioned in the conversation that it just seemed easier to squat than use such a cumbersome device. The problem with squatting is that you're standing on the very ground you're pissing on, so it's mm. hard to avoid the puddle of urine collecting around your feet. Mm-hmm. It's not as if you can move your feet once you're going. We've all been camping. And chances are you're only squatting in something of an emergency, so you're going to be stuck like that for a while if you catch my drift. Getting urine on your feet is inevitable. This is especially <laughs> bad if you're wearing flip-flops, as it happened Ugh. to me a few weeks ago. Gross. That's terrible, Rachel. Uh, I felt like the ground could sw- could keep up with a urine flow. What do you mean? Like unless it's gr- unless you're peeing on hard cake clay like a, a dirt road in Alabama that you're not going to have this puddle rushing at you that's just going to soak into the ground. Mother nature will take care of well, it. Well, here's the thing. If do, you're do squat- you guys piss like if you're garden piss- hoses? Well, sometimes all vaginas are different. <laughs> you when you're pissing towards the ground and you got your feet there, it's the splashback. The water hitting the ground and then the splashback on like the insides of your feet. It's such a gross feeling. Mm, it's kind of like use. It's not so much. It's just I like can splashing around in your own piss. It's, it's splashback. Because it's like the it's the guy experience of using a urinal in the summertime when you're wearing shorts and flip flops and like you're com- you're become aware of how much urine is just misting over you during the rest of the year when you don't know it. I cannot identify with that. Well, no, you you talking about the splashback. This is just a different type of splashback. You're talking about urine mist. <laughs> yeah, you're peeing on a urinal, and some of that because you're no, no matter what kind of slick angle you hit the porcelain on, yeah, there's a little bit. Oh, a splashback, splashback. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, for some reason, I thought you were describing like someone pissing downwind of you. Oh, that a shit. Urine no. mist. No, you get. You, I will, I'll tolerate my own piss mist. I'm not going to tolerate any other fucking man's. <laughs> they can take that. If they can't consider their own piss mist, the stalls <laughs> are to your left, brother. There's stalls in a men's bathroom. Of course there are. I thought you guys just went just in there shit and just in the urinal? shit pissed all over the floor. And oh, you'd be a special kind of asshole to shit in a urinal. I've seen it done two Have or three you? times in my life. Yeah. yeah, usually at large sporting events. It's it's gross. We should move on. We're being disgusting. Yes, this is the shit show. <laughs> the shit the shit flooded bathroom episode. Uh, M, who hosts her own podcast network, the No Ship Network at NoShip.net. That's a really great Vikings on History Channel podcast. You should mm-hmm. check it out if you're into that type of thing. She says, I really enjoyed your coverage of Orange is the New Black episode four. Most of all, I really liked how the discussion has delved into the area of sexual harassment that Boo is perpetrating, perpetrating, perpetuating, perpetuating on SoSo. I think Aaron has brought this up in a previous episode as well. Mm-hmm. Even though I mostly like Boo as a person, she is at the outset intimidating with that Hitler haircut at Hal. I think it is abuse of power on Boo's part, and the temptation to take advantage of this power has superseded any regard for human decency towards Soso for the time being. Of course, I have to ask, how much does the pre-prison version of Boo weigh in on the actions of Boo as we know her now? We have not been privy to her backstory yet. This discussion on your podcast reminded me of the group power dynamics explored in the book Lord of the Flies. <laughs> Boo has the conch, in case you're keeping score. <laughs> Don't know what that means. It's interesting. Uh, the next topic you guys touched on may even contribute to this group dynamic discussion by evaluating the environment as a contributing factor. Is it obvious? Yes. 
uh, but was it was when you guys were talking about Poussey and Tasty Cuddling that it got me thinking, especially when Amy and Susan said that they, on occasion, cuddle. I used to live in California in my early 20s. I would stay the night with certain female friends, and some of us would Good. spoon. I'm glad this is coming up now. When we slept. Where I now live in the southern part of the United States, that just would not happen, at least not without a whole lot of nasty baggage afterwards. I'm a military brat like Poussey, and where I fit in the group dynamic is changed with every location as I was growing up. The laws and the environment depended on the person and the group at the apex of power. Um, she is pro the, the she's pro Piper. Um, she says I fall into not hate category. I do not love her either, so she's not pro. She's meh on Piper. My regard for her took a huge nosedive when I see how she dealt with the news of Alex's mother's death, and she's been slowly climbing back up. Thanks for your hard work on the podcast. I'll be listening to the Because Show today because I want to hear more of Susan and Amy now. They will be delighted to have you and so happy that you followed them over there. Thank you for that, Em. Do you have any comments on her takes? One, you're dead on about Big Boo. I can't say it any better myself. All right. Uh, two. Well, I've got a le- I got a a comment that's kind of a little pro boo. Okay. Coming up it. here. No, we'll go ahead. It no, it's not a comment for me. It's a listener. So. Oh, okay. Get it out. Get it all out. <laughs> um, I obviously am from the Midwest. Uh, me and my girlfriends, we don't cuddle. No. Did in high school, I don't now. I we don't do that shit. Really? Yeah. Um, I can't say that that's a part of the world kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Or if it's just me and the kinds of people that I attracted to be my friends, but we definitely didn't do any of that. I wonder if it's more liberal parts of the country are bored down with cuddling and more conservative parts of the country just culturally are not pro-cuddling. But, I mean, that could be. Because yeah. there's some dudes like I've... Or more open and free-spirited out in, say, like California where you cuddle right. with your adult like I've, I've. Friends. This has been a discussion amongst some of my. I don't friends. judge anyone for doing it. I'm just saying that I don't do that shit. <laughs> Sounds pretty <laughs> fucking judgy. I will be praying for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like Jim and I have shared a bed, have not you in like not not in the cuddler touching oh, kind of way, sh- but I've there's some dudes that are like that's totally gay, and I'm like I'm pretty sure. It'd be gay if I was like plowing Jim's Jim's ass or vice versa, but just laying on a bed because no one wants to sleep on the floor. You're gay for this day. I mean, that's just how it is. <laughs> but at the Holiday Inn, what happens at the Holiday Inn stays the Holiday. When you're at when you're at a convention, when you're at a nerd con or a Walking Dead con, swords get crossed. Any port in the storms, what I say. <laughs> Uh, let us move on to Lay's comments. She says, I've been listening to your podcast for a while, and I was happy to find out you're covering Orange is the New Black. I was surprised at your uncertainty about the reason for big booze, mannerisms, and creepiness in regards to Soso. I came out in college, and nothing about big booze behavior is surprising. Her traditional masculine appearance, confidence, and treatment of women is pretty on par with some lesbians I've met. I've also met my fair share of women like Nikki, who have had no issues sleeping with every woman they meet. Regardless of gender or orientation, some people are just comfortable with who they are and very confident in ability to get laid. Big Boo's objectification of women uh, is pretty normal. Some women are assholes and some women are creepy. From my experience, people outside the gay community tend to try to associate or tend to try to associate very traditional views on gender onto same-sex couples. It's the reason lesbians are asked who's the man and gay men are asked who's the woman slash bottom. <laughs> I find it interesting when people try to force same-sex couples into traditional gender roles because their society raises to believe there's no alternative to the male-female dynamic. I heard someone try to compare that once by saying uh, that's like asking the 
chop a pair of chopsticks, which one's the fork? <laughs> huh. Which I thought was a really interesting way to look at it, and it's very enlightening for me. Well, because we could oh all God, use some work. We could all use some work, and sure, sure, sure. And there's like the thing is, is the more I find out about human sexuality, the more it's not like there's nothing cut and dry it's about a it. continuum yeah. i'm talking about your gender identity your sexual identity mm-hmm. that can be mixed and and how you identify as either masculine or feminine those axes have nothing to do with one another no they don't so and it's interesting because we were talking about this uh on the uh on, on the car ride today um, how interesting Lafayette Lafayette's character on True Blood on True Blood is is that he is a very masculine gay guy, mm-hmm. but he's also but he wears make he wears makeup and you know he wears like the flowy clothes and some he's of not the, a traditionally, a traditionally flamboyant yeah. and he's not traditionally butch. He's his own dude and it works for him. It is absolutely and I don't know. I wouldn't even think to ask what he qual or what he classifies himself as because it's just sure ah. And Lay, so many different things going on. Lay continues, if Big Boo was out in the real world, she'd still have a more masculine and confident mannerism and would still be creeping on women. A part of her personality is mocking, insulting, and screwing with people. It makes sense that she would uh, ape this frat boy-like behavior when dealing with women. So she's saying it's, it's not prison that you take the dudes out and suddenly in all-women environment, male stereotypes spring up. She's like, these stereotypes exist within the community outside of prison, which that probably tracks and makes sense. Mm-hmm. I still think, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with Boo's masculine approach and confidence. My problem is she's openly sexually harassing people. And and, and objectifying people, And making them feel unsafe, which is not okay. Right. Like, if Boo was my friend, uh, I would take her aside and be like, hey, man, this isn't cool. Or, hey, woman. Hey, Mm -hmm. son. (laughs) She likes to say, this is not cool. Yeah. Uh, You know, plus it's not effective. That's the other thing. It's not. Very rarely do you scare women into your bed. And when you do... uh, it's That's rape. rape. Yes. That so congratulations. You're You've a raped a person. <laughs> uh, moving on to Sammy N. Says, I graduated from... Oh, this is talking about the VJJs now. Um, I graduated from high school six years ago, and we had a freshman-sophomore health class in which we took a few weeks to learn about reproductive health and anatomy in great detail. We had basically the same diagram of the coochie that was in this episode, so sex education, from my perspective at least, has improved a lot since the 80s and 90s. However... We were never taught how to properly use condoms, so I did not get to experience the putting one on a banana, which I found pretty disappointing. But how hard children. is it to figure out a condom? That was like I, we, you, when I was editing the podcast last night. You, you had, know, sometimes when it's dark and like it's kind of blurry, you can't figure out which sure. way it rolls on. Yeah, that 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 is that. that but struggle that's about is the real. extent of it. That whole forty-year-old version where he was like going through oh, twenty condoms because he yeah. couldn't figure out how to put it on his dick is insulting and borderline dangerously criminal <laughs> to promulgate that view of condom usage. It is. Calm the fuck on. Also. I know it's a comedy. Ha ha. It's played for laughs, <laughs> but whatever. Also, condoms are incredibly resilient. Sure. It is not that easy to break a condom. So if man ever tell you that, tells you that he's too big for a certain kind of condom, he's lying. Uh, that's true, but real talk to the guys because, oh my God, I talk to so many dudes that hate condoms because they're using shitty condoms. If all you've used is shit that comes out of the bathroom stalls at convenience stores or Trojans, you really need to try broaden your horizons, dudes. Go to condomdepot.com. These people don't even pay me. I'm just a huge fan. <laughs> this Every, is a depot? 
it's, it's a huge, and you get really great rates on condoms. Number one, number two, every year they have these rankings and reviews, and they have like the top ten best condoms in the world. Not only do they they do this roundup every year by year, but they have a sampler pack where you can say, "I want to sample the ten best condoms in the world," and they'll send it to you at a low price, and you can sample them all. Uh, also, it is true that some condoms don't fit dudes properly. Uh, if they're too tight or too loose, they're not yeah. effective, and they can decrease your pleasure. So experiment, guys. That's fair, but that is not an excuse to not use one. No, I'm saying get on the condomdepot.com and find the condom mm-hmm. that feels mm-hmm. good enough for you to use regularly because mm-hmm. it ain't cool to use that as an excuse that it doesn't feel right, it doesn't right. feel good, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. My God, it's just like this health and all well, kinds. Well, clearly I feel, I feel the population like is undereducated. Damn straight. I know that my sex- sexual education was one period when I was in – seventh grade so that would make me 12 or 13 years old sure and it told you about uh just basic reproduction type things like this is what happens when a sperm meets an egg and that's all you got right and i also had to learn how to put a tampon in through the instructions in a tampon box and that's just yeah and it was very underwhelming it's it depends on how old you are and what part of the country and what kind of quality sexual education you got but i feel like everyone it you know Continue education, people. Continue learning about your yourself and your sex, and you'll be a better person, a better lover. Uh, Celeste F. says, I'm enjoying your podcast, and you're casting on Orange and New Black specifically because it's such a great and unique show. Wanted to chime in on the question of how many women know about female sexual anatomy. Personally, I didn't find any of the prisoners' misconceptions or gaps in knowledge to be at all unrealistic. When you look at the stats, it's startling how little women know about their own reproductive system and sexuality. I think it's important to note how vital it is for women themselves to learn about their own bodies and what feels good to them. When young people first have sex, boys have usually been cranking it for years, while girls have often never even orgasmed before and don't know how. As you mentioned on the cast, not all women like the same things, so it's not enough for women to rely on men to make us climax. We have to take responsibility for exploring our own bodies and directing our partners to do what works for us. Unfortunately, there's so much stigma attached in this society to women's desire that many women feel ashamed and remain ignorant. And that's super sad. And thank you for that, Celeste. Would you like to <laughs> yes. chime in? Life is too short to not take the time to figure out how to make yourself orgasm. It might take all kinds of toys and tips and tricks, but do it. It's so worth it. That's I can't, all I have to say. I, I, I can't add anything to that. Uh, we have, okay, so we have a very long email uh, from a former female prisoner. Yes. Her name is Aaron. Aaron, I believe it's just Aaron. Just like your, I I I, I, see, I pronounce it as Aaron, Aaron C, Aaron, and uh, really it's wrong. really great. Um, but I just want to let this is the last one, so if, uh, that, that we're going to read. It so, does. It details her time in prison, and it's a really long email. It is. It's really worth it if you want to stick in, but we understand if you don't. This is basically an NPR Radio Lab segment from the rest of the podcast. So if you don't want to, you don't Welcome care about life inside a women's prison, then life bail. Life inside of an inmate's prison. Can can we get some sound of doors clanking <laughs> and like you know when she starts talking about cafeteria food, have some <laughs> general chatter and some like fork scraping plastic plates and stuff we need a little bit maybe uh maybe a prison guard saying inmate or something at at various points we need that Mm -hmm. to to complete the effect anyway without further ado aaron and please interrupt me if you want to interject something because i'm just going to read i'm not going to stop reading okay hey there i'm a 34 year old female who did three months of jail time 10 years ago long story short i was a drug dealer during college and didn't exactly get out of the biz until after graduation or after graduation so about four months after 
Someone snitched, quote unquote, on me, and a DA narc task force raided my apartment and caught felony drug. I've caught a felony drug sales case. I was pretty serious, but it was pretty serious. But the judge liked me, so I got off with less jail time than I probably should have. That's a past life. I am normal now. Smiley face. I really like Orange and New Black, and I watch each episode. As I watch each episode, I can't help but to compare what I see in my own experiences in serving time. I consider myself to be very much Piper-like in my appearance and in the social background status department. In other words, I'm upper-middle-class white girl with a college education who doesn't really fit into the stereotype of what criminals look like, talk like, etc. Let's just say one of my nicknames in sale was Cindy, because not Black Cindy, Brady Cindy. Is this the original White Cindy? Because I looked all Cindy Brady and shit. <laughs> uh, I've listened to your podcast following Breaking Bad and Walking Dead, House of Cards, etc., etc., I think you guys have really good takes that are intellectual. This we gotta we gotta move on. This is too much. This is just, I'm blushing. Stop it! I'm starting uh, to cry. I've heard on several occasions you or your female guest counterpart ponder whether some of the stuff portrayed on the show is realistic, and your desire to have input from someone on the inside, like a guard or a former inmate. And we I, thank you for this. I do. It's a lot of work, mm-hmm. and I do thank you for this. I put together some feedback based on my own experiences with some brief stories. Please note I did not serve time in a federal prison like the facility portrayed in the show. I served time in a Northern California county jail facility for women who were sentenced to no more than one year. That's the threshold for prison versus jail here. However, I did time with women who had gone to prison before and were on their way back. You always start in a county facility and then get transferred. They told me stories because I like to ask about these things. Also, I have a pretty detailed knowledge about life inside men's prison as I had a drug-dealing boyfriend in my quote-unquote past life who went to prison and told me everything about the racial segregation, the commodities market, how the guards are, etc. So you're essentially saying that we're getting two stories for the price of one? Two stories for the price of one. Interesting life. Amazing. I'm totally digging it. Here's her feedback. On a racial segregation, in women's county jails, this typically does not exist. Sure, people gravitate to who they identify with, but it's not really institutionalized. Apparently, in women's prisons, it's not that huge a deal either. However, this is the fabric of life and how things are structured inside men's prison. It's not a system driven by administrations. It's very much inmate-driven, and the staff goes with it because if they don't, there would be way more violence. The rules have been adopted to accommodate this sort of inmate self-imposed segregation. Further segregation within the races is done to keep the various gangs separated. So with Hispanics, they're typically subdivided into three or four groups, blacks into at least two, and then there are whites, others, and protective custody. It may vary a little by geography, but in general, that format works. It's weird because Hispanics who claim blue can sort of associate with whites. And Is she bla- talking about politics? I, I think she's when talking she Crips blue, versus right? blood. Uh, really? And blacks and Hispanics who both claim red can associate. Aaron, can you write in and elaborate, please? Yes, because we don't get the blue and the red. I assume it's a political thing. I was going gang affiliation because that's what she was talking about in the thing. But you know. Yeah. Um, it's all very juvenile, if you ask me. There's societal rules in prisons, women's prison that really baffle my mind. But women, by nature, are different and, I guess, more open-minded in that area. Generally speaking, so it's not a huge issue. I would play cards and bones, a.k.a. dominoes, <laughs> with the black girls, but mostly hung out with and ate with this hippie white girl with dreadlocks. Ugh. My bunk was amongst mostly black girls, and they hated me at first. But after getting to know me a little, they warmed up. I know that feel. <laughs> Because uh, you actually did a, a stint in Queens, didn't you not? <laughs> You're like the only white girl on the block? I did. Huh. Wait, are you asking me for my actual experience with black people? No, I was just elaborating <laughs> that because you mentioned you made this mention. and Yeah, my very first friends were black. 
So I feel very. So it's impossible. Feel... So you're, it's impossible for you to be racist, is what you're saying. No, I just feel very privileged <laughs> that from an early age I didn't. You know, I could have started out in small town in Indianapolis where I could be a racist fuck like the rest of them. But I feel very privileged that I didn't get a chance to develop those sort of. It's like a kid who lives in California his whole life and came to Indiana and saw snow for the first time. And you're like, what's that? Have you ever uh, seen a kid like that? Sure, sure. My cousins lived in Alabama were like that. Yeah. They're fascinated by my story, stories of snow. Yeah. Kind of okay. like that. Um, where was I at? Oh, girl-on-girl sexual activity. This did not go on in the facility I did time in as there really wasn't enough privacy to get away with it. I was, however, propositioned by this girl who was on her way back to prison. She was into me, and I deflected the situation into a very coy, polite, Cindy Brady sort of way. According to her, a lot of chicks do the lesbian thing in prison. I get it. I'm sure I would have gotten wrapped up in it, too, had I gone to state prison, but it would have been scary, as I'd probably be the target of the likes of Boo. The behavior of guards. Jail slash prison is a weird place, and within reason, the guards will totally fuck with you for their own amusement. This blows my mind. Why? It doesn't mean because they can. Because they don't like your face, because they're bored, because they want to exert their power and send messages to all the inmates. So it makes you better than the prisoners when you're just being a horrible person. I'm just saying that there's some study and experimentation to show that putting people in absolute power over others is almost inevitable ultimate that this stuff happens. Ultimate power is the ultimate corrupter. And it doesn't matter what type of person, what your politics are, any of that stuff, that this is an unnatural, corrosive to the human experience, uh, 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 condition type of experience. And this is this is the na- uh, the natural way things go when you put people in cages and you make some people the masters over them. Yeah. I grew some really long or really, really tall green beans on our porch and then promptly killed them all. <laughs> the power was just so corrupting to me. So, yeah, you know what they're talking about. <laughs> Uh, everyone, some nights you got bored and you set a couple leaves on fire just to just to watch them scream. Just watch the cat eat them, and I laughed. <laughs> <laughs> some some guards are nice and timid, even some are the, just terrible, and others are somewhere in between. One night I was pulled out of bed and put in this common holding area because this one guard named Miss Piggy didn't like how I watched her walk around and do bed checks. What the fuck? I wasn't asleep yet, and she was walking around in her dorm, so of course I was watching her. She was the only thing moving. She yelled at me, belittled me, and totally overreacted. It called me creepy, which is hilarious. Another time, the guards watched me make my bunk and tuck all the sheets in nice and tidy. For some reason, this is important to both inmates and guards. When I was done, they immediately came in and fucked it all up, tossing my stuff and bedding everywhere. Gee, thanks, guys. Another time, I performed for the guards' amusement and was given a highly coveted ice cream sandwich from the guards' break room. I was the shit, quote-unquote, that day. She elaborates later on. Uh, the food. Everyone says the food sucks, but honestly, I didn't have much problem with it. My only issue was lunch because it was always a sandwich and they always had mayonnaise on them. And I hate mayonnaise or anything that resembles it. And this is the only time where you sound like uh, a whiny white girl. <laughs> <laughs> I thought whiny white girls all loved mayonnaise. No, the part that she's about to get to about how she got out of the mayonnaise situation. Oh, her own personal some, furlough. <laughs> but through some connections, Loch Ness monster connections, I was able to get into a no mayo special dietary restriction for my meals, which was a huge win. Did I'm you actually... tell them you were gluten free and you were going to die if you had mayonnaise. Prison is gluten because <laughs> nobody really knows what gluten is. <laughs> uh, you know, I find it interesting that mayo is just always included. Because that is kind of a polarizing condiment, and you'd think it'd be cheaper is just to. 
yeah to not do mayo at all i think a lot of people don't like the taste of mayo yeah i think you could get away easier with packets of ketchup than you could automatically putting mayo on each or just like i said yeah just have packets of mayonnaise i mean can prisoners do harm with mayonnaise or is it that big a deal to be like mayo or no mayo i mean fucking subway can do it and crank out tons of people i mean yeah that's true i surprised plus it's an extra cost i mean mayonnaise a little bit of mayonnaise ever all the time if you're serving to people who don't want it what the fuck anyway breakfast were edible and my le- i used my leftover oatmeal as a face mask sometimes how did she get away with that i, I feel like it, it maybe was allowed or maybe she just carried it in her cheeks She's no, like, no, no. She developed chipmunk I'm just saying, just... like, how did you get away with putting oatmeal on your face and letting it, like, rest there in appropriate mask three to five minute time? And What do you think they do? Smash rocks all day? It seems like that they just have a lot of just down fucking around time. Yeah. Which she gets into later. Uh, she also said Friday was roasted chicken with sautéed spinach, which was my favorite, followed in close second by what I will call enchilada pie. Hmm. Even if you hate the food, you'll get by if you have money on your books. Everyone except for me was constantly snacking on top ramen and honey buns. I was conducting an experiment to see what would happen to my weight if I just ate what the county provided me. Let's just say everyone is getting fat, but I came out a few pounds lighter. Weight is an issue for women in prison. Girls tend to be snackers, and across the board, there is almost always significant weight gain. It's like the freshman 15 or the freshman 20. It's interesting because, I don't know, I figure that if I were in prison, I would just... Walk around all the time. I'd be in the gym getting prison swole, baby. Yeah, so would I. If I had a year, I'm like, this is the excuse. (laughs) Uh, People get super creative with the uh, processed commissary food and make these elaborate spreads that can be rather impressive. The only time I had a commissary snack was on my 24th birthday when the girls made me a Snickers-based birthday cake. That sounds pretty delish. Sounds really good. Uh, Commissary and the barter market, you can... Buy all sorts of stuff through the prison commissary system, provided you have money on your books. Friends and family were responsible for depositing the money. I brought a lot of calling cards and hygiene. I bought a lot of product cards and Jesus Christ. Calling cards and hygiene products. Thank you. Commissary is used to barter other services like I will do your laundry if you buy me two soups next week. I had this one girl basically employed as a fashion designer for me, which you will elaborate on below. In men's prisons, the trading market is fascinating. In San Quentin State... They use torn strips of bed sheets to pass things from cell to cell and up and down tier levels. How do you get away with that? I figure they just must do it during the night when there's not a lot of guards. Uh, They call it fishing, and apparently entire cell blocks are sort of covered in these webs of fishing lines. Based on what I've heard, it's not all that shocked. I was not all that shocked by the cockroach transport system. I mean, it's a little far-fetched, but I was probably less bothered by its feasibility than most people. The passage of time and general quirkiness of prison life. If there is one thing to know about jail, it's that it's boring as fuck. Two months in jail is basically like a year in regular people time. With all that rampant sobriety, people get weird and get creative to keep themselves entertained. It's important to have some sort of routine if possible, or a hobby, like crocheting. I was dead set that I'd spend my jail time becoming a master crocheter. Yarn and crochet hooks can be brought on the commissary. I had visions of this giant, beautiful blanket I'd make and all the cute (laughs) beanies I'd give as gifts when I got out. (laughs) After spending a bunch of money on yarn, it took me about three minutes to realize I hate crocheting and have the patience of it for of a two-year-old. I made the tiniest, shittiest washcloth in the world and had enough, but I still wanted to be involved in it somehow. So I met this girl who was great at crocheting and was knocking out baby clothes left and right. Her family had sort of abandoned her and she didn't have money for snacks. I loved watching the progression of her projects, so I hired her to make me a dress and a matching hat. 
and a bikini and a skirt with matching halter top and another dress and a sarong for my bikini and on and on. Every now and then I would put on a fashion show for new groups of girls coming in, which the prison lesbians loved, parenthetically. It was fun and a little outlet to pass the time. I could not focus on watching TV due to jail-induced ADD. I wrote, I just realized reading this that I basically am life in prison. Like, if I could just sit around and watch Netflix yeah. and HBO all day, minus the podcasting, that's pretty <laughs> much what I do. Right. You're doing the same thing that you'd be doing in prison, only it's not mandatory. <laughs> You've chosen this life for yourself. Aaron, A-Ron? Yes. Look at your life. Look at your choices. I don't give a fuck. If they give me a sure SM48 the only and a is... mixing board and a laptop and internet connection, I could do this shit. From pre- and, and I wouldn't have to charge money for it because the state would be paying for it. <laughs> I wouldn't have to do the subable shit. I wouldn't have to pimp anymore. And there would be free gym access. And the, and that's are you talking J I M? Because I got that already <laughs> on lock. You got that on tap. <laughs> uh, Both things. Let's see. Uh, anyway, she couldn't focus on watching TV because of jail-induced ADD. She wrote some raps and poems and a lot of letters. I, I can you send us some raps and poems, please? Yes. Because I would just eat that shit up like breakfast. I'm I'm expecting some epic epic works oh my god did we just become best friends (laughs) (laughs) getting getting mail and visits were the best things ever unless i had a terrible zit zits were common in there because maybe as the prison does clogging up pores while was on or in american idols on there's this chinese guy named william hung oh i remember william hung she bang (laughs) uh i think it was on good morning america something because of oh come on you don't have to explain no we all know william William hung and ricky martin's she bang um, anyway, I did an impression of him and apparently it was a damn good one because rumor of my talent, quote unquote, began to spread. Eventually, be the, modest. eventually the guards heard and they would make me perform during count and at random times. One time I got an ice cream sandwich for performance for all the guards at once. I say this illustrate that it. jail life can be silly and we sometimes see this on the show. Hello, Christmas pageant. Uh, I have additional thoughts on mental illness and other societal impact sort of stuff. But these thoughts are organized at the moment. And I don't want to waste my time if you're not interested. I hope some of this was helpful or at least interesting. Please send all that shit in. Uh, I will read as much. Even as if you we send don't in. read it on the air, we desperately want your stories. No, no, I thought this was great, and I semi surprised that uh, the making prisoners perform. Like, would they get in trouble for that? How would you get a guard in trouble? Is it possible to get a guard in trouble? I don't know. Her guards kind of seemed like they could do whatever. Pulling her out of her bunk in the middle of the night? No, this was totally Orange and the New Black level shit. Yeah, except with Did less... Did any of them have a except porn with, stash? with less segregation. And I have this really naive little dream where I just want to see all these people get along. All my favorite characters, no matter which group they're supposed to be in. Oh, so-so. That's so adorable. Stop it. <laughs> I wish I'd never opened my mouth. <laughs> and then when they got out of jail, they'd all go woofing together? No, that's hippie bullshit. Stop it. <laughs> uh, being serious. God. <laughs> <laughs> anything else you want to talk about? Because we're done if we're not. No, that's it. Let us know if you enjoyed hearing stories like that. Uh, and also let us know if you have a few of your own. We'd love to hear it. And you can send those in to orange at baldmove.com or you can go to our show and podcast feedback threads on facebook.com slash bald move and you can follow our latest releases on twitter 
uh, at Bald Move. But again, Jim doesn't watch Orange is the New Black, and he won't know. He's the one that holds down Twitter, and he'll have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. You can also send us a fishing line via the two bunks that we share, or you can send us a cockroach. <laughs> it's got to be a biggie slow, though. Got to be a biggie slow. None of these skinny fasts. <laughs> uh, we will see you again next week with another. Uh, I think we're maybe rotated all the way back to Nina. Yep. Tech and Nina. And I will see all of you on Tuesday for True Blood Time. Yep. And uh, we'll see you back here next Friday for Orange and the New Black. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Cecily. Good night.